Hello gamers and he- welcome to Henry Kissinger is Pokemon going to die, not a threat. Just a fact. Uh, my name is Matt, aka Regice Philbin. Uh, my name is Sarah and aka Big Structural Bailey. Big Structural, structural Bailey. Bailey. Or a Big Structural Bailey. Bailey. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to say Big Structural Bailey, but the thing that you have to know is that you have to say it as many times as possible. We should probably explain what Big... Should we explain what Big Structural Bailey is? I mean, the thing about Big Structural Bailey is that if you Google it, you will find the video immediately. That's true. And I feel like it's funnier without context. Yeah. Because yeah. with context, it's just kind of really stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> it's the most... Uh, it's the most... Um, that Elizabeth Warren's campaign has done in the last several weeks, so. Yeah. Uh, I'm Sarah, but also, I'm woke. You are woke, officially. Boomer accredited. Boomer accredited woke. Uh, a, a 60-something-year-old co-worker of mine, like, walked up to me today when I was just, like, walking down the hall to the water cooler or what the fuck ever, and she just, like, kind of giggled and was like, you're woke, Sarah. And I'm like, I, I was just like, my, my brain just took a couple of minutes to process. I just kind of, like, stopped, like... Like you could, if you looked, if you, my pupils were replaced by the uh, the apple loading, the apple wheel. rainbow wheel, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she, 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 I'm like, I'm what? And she said, "You're woke." I just learned that word now. <laughs> so thank you very much, <laughs> unnamed boomer at my office. I'm so glad that you are now woke. Yeah, uh, you, you, know you definitely been, weren't woke before, but now yeah, you are definitely. You know, woke. I've been going for that certification. It's been taking me a lot of time. I'm going to those evening classes. You know, but yeah. See, in, I, in really Canada, fin- you're just declared woke at birth. It's really finally paid off. We we have just a a, a lot more humane wokeness system here, in that uh, they will just allow you to be declared woke at birth. Uh, assigned woke at birth. So Matt, I hear that uh, my favorite video, my favorite developer of JRPGs with fun pocket monsters, uh, or sorry, Pokemon creatures rather. I forgot the nomenclature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, has lied. Is this true? Um, probably. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> the that's, thing. Okay, and then just the feed cuts, and there's just like a big stamp that appears on someone's yeah, feed. Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> Uh, the thing is, uh, Game Freak has to put out a Pokemon game more or less every year. I they have thirty percent, like thirty three percent control of the Pokemon company. Excluding last year, excluding last year. No, they put out Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee last year. They did. That's right. And then it was some. The, before the that. last, the last gap was uh, between Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, and Sun and Moon. Wow. Otherwise, they've put out a game every year. That's a lot of video games. It's a lot of video games. And it's, um, they, I don't, I do understand why they're doing it. It's capitalism. Yeah. They're trying to get out as many games as possible. But, like, Pokemon, as, like, the world's largest media franchise, um, does not make most of its money off of the video games. Yeah. But the problem is, is that the video games, you know, create the new pocket of, new pack of monsters that become the basis for the merchandise, for the movies, for the TV show, and all the other stuff that comes around it. And yeah. the the main thing that triggered Game Freak lies 
is that at some point during their interviews with, um, I think it was Game Informer that they did like a whole bunch of uh, pre-release press with. One of the one of those. Sites. One of those. And they said something about having to redo models. And then people who were data mining the games found that the models are the exact same and have the exact same number of polygons. And it comes to basically, like, if that was exactly what they said, then why bother lying about it? And if it wasn't exactly what they said, how bad did the translator fuck up? Yeah. Because I feel like there's an equal chance that it could be a translation error. Yeah. And so, like, just, like... People are like micro, like micro, looking at every single possible texture pop issue in all footage, and like looking at animations that they deem as bad animations, and just talking about all these different little cuts that yeah, have been I'm made sure to the games. If you've been on Twitter, I'm sure you've probably seen that one video of someone of just like someone just like running through the first wild area and just like zooming in on a shadow loading kind of odd. And, like, zooming in on someone in the far distance popping into view. Yeah, and what I think this fundamentally gets down to is misunderstanding what the problem is. And the big thing that's the problem here is, one, communication. No, the big thing that's the problem here is that everyone is... All the gamers are fucking pissed as hell about Dexit or what the hell ever. Can I just say that Dexit is... Stupider than Brexit, and I didn't think that was possible. Exactly. I, I agree. I mostly agree. Yeah. I mean, but, okay. But on, I, I'm listen, talking okay, about sheer base Steve level Steve and Steve not Steve as You know effects. that I condemn National Dex Truthers and Dexit and whatever the fuck people, but... But Gibble. Gibble isn't there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, that's what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Okay, I do miss Gibble. I will miss Gibble. Yeah, I mean, um, he he felt he he died on the cross for his brother for his brother Garchomp's sins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, okay. What it comes absolutely. To yeah, Absol. Rest in piss, you piece of shit. <laughs> um, um, but what I was just saying is that like none of this feels like actual like. This just feels like people finding reasons, finding ways no, exactly. to punch That's a what game it freak that is not that, that for because they can't complain about Pokemon forever, or they can't complain about certain Pokemon being gone forever. Yeah, because they absolutely won't be. But I, what I think is is that the fundamental issue is the developers at Game Freak who are not the administration at Game Freak are clearly overworked to a point of ridiculousness. Like, the fact that they have to put out these games every single year and they're not allowed to delay them for marketing reasons. Uh, like, a Pokemon game has never been delayed. Wow. I should make that as a point. It has never been... They've never delayed a Pokemon game. They have always come out within the exact window that they're expected. Damn. And the fact that there are so fucking many Pokemon 1 and games 2 is, like, definitely a part of the increasing scale of the whole thing. The other thing is that their communication just isn't really good. No. I, no, I don't know what, what the deal I with mean, their communications department is. You know, but they you, just, Matt, do you know what the deal with their communications department is? Their, the deal with the communications department is that it is a subsidiary, subsidiary of that of Nintendo's communication department. They're worse than Nintendo's. Yeah, that's... I don't know how that's possible. They just, like... There's a thing uh, that people are really mad about where, like, 150 odd moves were cut from the game. Who gives a shit? Imagine, imagine. Okay, but like the thing is, they didn't say anything about this. That seems like the kind of thing you want to be upfront about. 
Because if people discover it on their own, they're going to be confused and not understand why you did it. And it's very clear why they did it. They're trying to, like, change the competitive environment of the game around a bit. But, like, mm. just say that. Yeah, no, definitely. It's So, I don't want to get a, go on this for too long, because I very much do have a Pokemon podcast that is very much going to be recording yeah, an episode to the, tomorrow. listen to the Pokemon Roundtable that's, come, that's coming out. When, when is the episode going up, Matt? Give or take. I'm recording it tomorrow, and I intend to post it tomorrow. I am um, not yeah, editing the, it at all. Get that shit out before the, before the watershed breaks. Pretty much. <laughs> so that's Matt's turn in the gamer corner, but Mom said it's my turn to play Xbox, by which I mean okay. Magic the Gathering, the card game. Yeah, yeah, very comparable they're, items. They're, these are two. Pr- these are pretty small stories, but I, but I kind of wanted to lump them with, with the gamer corner stuff, so we can just you know put this in the corner and then you know move on. Uh, but so there were two stories this week. One was that at a. Uh, uh, a t- and I believe it was an invitational, uh, a tournament of some variety. Uh, pro- professional player Autumn Burchett, who had previously won the Mythic Invitational back in February, uh, the uh, first uh, trans person to do so. The um, the it, it was the first Mythic Invitational, quote unquote, but that was just basically a rebranding of a thing that had previously happened. I digress. Autumn Burchett fucking rules. They're incredible. They are. I like. I cried when they won. Um, they posted a picture to their Twitter that showed two uh, lands from Magic, uh, art done by Therese Nielsen, and written over them were tran- the words "trans rights are human rights" and the words "no turfs on Gruel turf." Gruel is a Magic: The Gathering lore. Fuck yeah. Thing. Um, so the, the specific pointed reason for this that I pointed out it was art by Therese Nielsen is because Therese Nielsen is kind of a fucker. One of those, like, I don't even know what one of those really is. I mean, just like, like, I'm talking like, uh, among Therese Nielsen's following pages includes like Alex Jones, Jack Posobiec, like oh, good Mike Cernovich, like all those extremely normal people. And I have not seen anything explicitly from Therese Nielsen about whether or not about her opinions on trans people. I saw her say one time that she is a big supporter, thumbs up, but I don't trust that opinion as far as I can throw it, or I don't yeah. trust that statement very far. Um, but I so Autumn writes this on their cards, Autumn being trans themselves. Um, and this is not a judge thing because the judges are sort of separate from the from Wizards of the Coast in something that I won't go into. I think we, we have before. Um, this was a decision that came from WotC, actually WotC, Wizards of the Coast, uh, to remove them. And so they cited some rule thing that was just like if the car... Because the thing is, magic cards do traditionally have... You know, you can get like cards altered. You can get cards signed by artists. And this is just like Sharpie, Sharpie ink in writing over the over these cards. And the, the only real stipulations are that you need to be able to tell what the card is from... You, you need to be able to tell what the card is, basically. Yeah, you can't like... like edit over any of like the descriptions or probably like like card numbers and stuff like that as well and then probably not over the actual title on the card. Yeah, there's like there's there's like there's like rules text if we if you want to get super in depth on exactly what you can and can't do to a magic card, but basically what it boils down to is that uh, Autumn's cards were tournament legal like by if if those if if those words had been replaced with just like literal gibberish, they would have not been pulled. And it's really disheartening to see magic to see magic try and pull out this fucking you know ma- magic. 
Magic the Gathering has been riding high on a flag since like 20, on a specific single character since 2015. In 2015, they published a story uh, about a character uh, becoming a, be, becoming like a leader of her tribe and also coming out as a woman in the process. And okay. it's de it, was, it was a deeply affecting story. I loved that story. I love that card. Alesha Who Smiles at Death. They have been coasting on that for the last four years. And it's just like, they have not really done much of anything to push this further. Except for they had like one gay couple on a card. <coughs> Pardon me. Except for that they had one gay couple on a card a couple of years ago. But really, that's about it. Yeah. So it's it's you know the old uh, the old rainbow pin kind of thing, especially that you saw like at uh, BlizzCon this last weekend, which we're not going to talk about. Uh, cool. The, uh, the other uh, the other magic tidbit is it's small potatoes, but I it has a really fun reading thing that I get to do to Matt. Um, goody goody. So so brief backstory: there is a character. This is going to the Magic the Gathering lore. There's a character Chandra Nalar who is extremely gay coded um and has if like in the past in the past like couple of years of story it feels like it has been building towards a relationship between her and another character nissa you know a gay relationship which i okay. personally i personally would love to see especially because i've you know i've got my own ships and everything but the latest magic the gathering uh like story uh completely torpedoes it in the dumbest way possible so i'm going to read you an excerpt from this book which i'm oh, not going to give you i'm not going to give you the name of because i don't want you to go out and buy it on accident <clears throat> chandra had never been into girls awful start her crushes her crushes, and she'd had her fair share, were mostly the brawny, parentheses, and decidedly male, parentheses, types like Gids. Gids being Gideon, who's just a fucking Chad. Um, but there had always been something about Nyssa Ravane specifically, something that the two of them shared in that great chemical mix, arcing between them like one of Ral Zarek's lightning bolts that had thrilled her from the moment they first met. I wish you could see the face I'm making right now. Uh, a fun fact about the name drop in the middle of that sentence there, Ral Zarek's lightning bolts. Ral Zarek is another openly gay character in in uh, Magic the Gathering story. Okay. So, bit of a fun shout out there, but here we go. Now, everything's different. It was over, before it had even had a chance to begin. Maybe, maybe they had missed their moment. A time when if Chandra had demonstrated more courage or more self-possession, she might have told Nyssa how she felt. A time when Nyssa had acknowledged even the slightest hint of interest or self-knowledge. They might have found their way to each other. <sighs> Seems bad. Yeah, that's the paragraph. I think that really bothers me about this is that this character is... Uh, Magic the Gathering, all of the five colors have a certain thing associated with them. And red is the most, like... It is just, like, concentrated emotion... And, like, just fucking no filter on that emotion. So, and Chandra is a red character. So her, this, the sign, this saying that she did not have courage or self-possession is fucking ridiculous. It just doesn't fit, like, the lore. Not whatsoever. There's also a very funny thing that I'm looking for in the replies. Hold on, let me find the, there's another really good snippet that I just really like to think about. Okay, here's just this one's not like offend this is not like offensive or anything. It's just kind of funny and I like to think about it. Uh we we'd like that, Chandra said. Aye, girl, said a Johnny, grinning his Leonin grin. And 
<laughs> it's bad prose, but also I just like the fact that they had to, like, this character's just a lion dude, and I'm imagining him just doing three-face. Yeah. That's the that's the Leonin grin to three-face. Yeah, he's just doing three-mouth. That, that's yeah. canon. He's doing throuth. He's doing throuth. Yeah. Anyways, that's uh, that's the uh, that's the gamer news. G -g -g gamer news, news, news. Hey, you want to talk about how Amazon got their shit beat? I uh, I do. I mean, okay, they they got their shit beat in that they didn't win a hundred percent of the candidates that they wanted. They did still very much get some pro business candidates on the Seattle City Council, um, but they did not manage to outseat everyone, and that is in itself good. Yeah, uh, I think that distresses me about this story is the fact that Amazon put uh, $1.5 million into this, which feels, like, comically low for... Right? Like, it's upsetting to me that they put um, $1.5 million into this and got two seats. Like, imagine if Bezos had, like, put up an actual, like, tenth of a percentage of his money. Oh, my God. If he put a tenth of his percentage of his money, it would literally be a thousand times what he put into it. Jesus Christ. Let's I think, not I think, too, think I too hard about the numbers here. Yeah, the numbers are the numbers are bad, but it's very funny that in the article that we're that we're that we uh, that I pulled that you pulled this from, uh, the there's a quote at the end from the uh, from the uh, from the challenger uh, Egan Orion where he's just like where he's just like fucking. My numbers were okay, and then Amazon putting money into this really kind of, like... It fucked it, him up. Over. It, blew, it blew up his spot, because Bernie and Elizabeth Warren were both like, hey, don't let this happen. Which is really good. I really like the idea of national candidates, like, actually worrying about... I mean, I guess this technically isn't a down-ballot race in the same way that, like, uh, representative seats and, like... Because people don't really run with part. People run with parties for mayorships, right? Yeah, city count. We had a city council election here recently, and those were, they were, they ascribed to parties, but it's not as down party lines as you would expect. For example, the Republican candidate, the Republican quote unquote candidate in Rochester, uh, was was pushing for things like a police accountability board, uh, better transit, a lot of like. Uh, the, it, I guess it kind of depends on how the Overton window is in your local area, but. You know, I guess I guess the the best way to put this is it's nice to see a presidential candidate carry a, care about any smaller race whatsoever. Yeah, and sometimes good things can happen, which is like this for because for a sh for a short while, uh, Kashama Sawant was not looking to like she was going to beat him. She was a couple of she was like like six points behind, and then over the weekend with all like the mail in ballots, she got the boon that was expected and uh, surged past him. Got that. Sweet, sweet two-point lead. Yeah, wish it could be a larger lead, but the fact that... I feel like the fact that the Amazon connection is really what sunk her opponent kind of is the the real takeaway from this that's the, the positive takeaway yeah. because it shows just a complete rejection of their attempt to gain ownership of the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is good. Like they, they're, they're still going to have a hell of a lot more fighting to do to fight them in like a legislative manner and also fight them in, you know, future representation races and yep. like even for around like the representatives and Senate and the, pre and the presidency, like all this kind of stuff. I'm sure Amazon is going to push for candidates that support them there as well. Mm -hmm. Speaking of 
Uh, oh yeah, speaking of speaking of attempting to oust by force... We got Bolivia! Yeah, we got Bolivia, so... Okay, I want to um, be upfront about this. Yeah. We are more or less mostly a ding-dong podcast. Yes. I do like to keep people informed about things on a larger scale that they might miss from other for- sources of news, uh-huh. but you're not going to get, like, the in-depth coverage that you're going to get from a larger news source... And note that I did say larger news source and not mainstream news source, because they are being absolute dog shit about covering this one. Yeah, I mean, they were being absolute dog shit at covering the entire, like, South, the entire, like... Yeah, the entire global South, not even just South America. Like, what what, what has there been, just out of South America this year, what has there been, like, was was Bolsonaro this year or was that late last year? Uh, Bolsonaro was elected, um, was it two years ago? Oh, no, it, it was, it was, it was last year. Okay. So it was late there last year. There were those year. Chilean protests, um, over... Uh, was the Chilean protests about the, the fuel tax and the increase in transit prices? But, yeah, there, there's been stuff, in, you know, there was stuff in Brazil, Chile, uh, Ecuador, I think, uh, Venezuela, obviously, and now we've got some stuff down in Boliv- Bolivia. Oh, I, w- I was right. It was San- it was in Santiago. Oh, nice. Good job, man. Cool. So, it was, yeah, for, for Chile, it was uh, transit increases and I think also a fuel surcharge. So, um, I- so austerity is the, is the, the, the long and short of it. Yeah. So what I want to do first is just give a kind of a brief rundown of the, I mean, I guess that's what we're going, that's what this podcast is for, but I just, you know, a rundown of what happened, why it happened, and mm-hmm. uh, a very brief rundown, which is largely snipped from a Twitter thread, which was well sourced, so I'm taking it as truth. Yeah, well, but of course, with anything here, read multiple sources, yep. try to get multiple sources on everything you read, uh, don't just rely on your own Twitter feed, which is often going to be... I, I hate to say the term, but an echo chamber. Like, you want to get multiple outside opinions on things like this, especially when it relies on somewhere where the native news is not going to be in English. Mm-hmm. If you can find translated articles from local, like, Spanish uh, news outlets, then that's also going to be an improvement. Um, so. um, but, of course, you're, of course, going to also get um, propaganda from the right from the same outlets. Mm-hmm. So... You just have to try to, you know, think critically in general. Yeah. But continue. Having, have, being big-brained all the time is a difficult task. Mm-hmm. It's why I only have two brain cells. So here's what uh, basically happened. There was uh, a, uh, President Evo Morales, who per this Twitter, who per this thread, was a pretty popular and pretty successful president. He is indigenous, which is a majority of Bolivia's population. A majority of Bolivia's population is also indigenous. Uh, Bolivian voting has two counts. It has the TREP, the TREP, which is a quick count and an official count. Uh, You need to get, uh, and in order to win, you need to get above 50% or uh, higher than 40% plus more than 10 points above your closest opponent. Um, the Organization of American States, OAS, has been pushing TREP systems, uh, in a lot of countries. Like, all over South America, basically. Yep. So, uh, around, uh, the, around, when the count was at about 80, when the quick count was at 84% of all votes counted, uh, the, Morales was reported at being ahead by about eight points, uh, above his opponent, uh, Carlos Mesa, and the electoral authorities stopped the vote because the official count had started, they didn't want to cause the confusion, and they had to investigate something. But the electoral authority comes over a ton of pressure, uh, 
and they are pushed into reporting the uh, quick count results immediately. And at 95.5% of the votes she's counted, Morales is now uh, a good 10 points over his opponent instead of the 8 that had earlier reported. The OAS, the Organization of American States, releases a statement saying Morales' two-point jump was impossible, uh, and uh, so that's bad. And This is the, the key point here being that the support for Morales is primarily rural. Yes. Um, because, you know, later that's reporting. where a lot of the poorer people are. Yep, and that's later reporting. So it makes per- logically it makes perfect sense that his numbers would jump later. In the, in, going from 84% to 95% of the vote, it makes sense that he would have a jump like that. Uh, and importantly, this puts him... Th- this And this is just the quick count, again. This is not the official count. Quick count is not legal. This is just something for... This is just something for the sake of reporting, I guess. I don't really know. Uh, like, I, I know what it does, but I don't understand how it helps, I guess. Yeah, no, it, it really just seems like a way to insert polls into, like, the actual election itself. So people have an idea of how it's going. Rather than just, like, you know, doing a full count. Like, it, it really just seems like it's designed as something to be taken as, like, proof of fraud if business interests don't like the election. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it, it really just seems like a system that's inviting confusion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Morales won the official ca- count and then said, hey, okay, you know what, no one's happy, let's do, let's just start from scratch, let's do this, let's do this all again. Uh, that was that was at OAS recommendation, by the way, because the OAS yes. originally called for a mm-hmm. new election as well, and he was complying with them one hundred percent. Carlos Mesa, uh, his opponent, has not, uh, mm-hmm. and also Mesa, Mesa, Mesa ex- enjoyed a very brief period where he was counted above uh, Morales, and there was a very funny quote where he was just like, "We're soaring onwards and upwards, nowhere to go but up, baby," um, and then went steadily downwards from that point forward. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but by the time that uh, Morales complied with the OAS, uh, cops and high-ranking military officers were turned against him. There was a warrant out for his arrest, and like his generals were saying, like, Hey, buddy, don't... No cheating! You did a bad thing, Mr. Morales. And, I'm like, hey, let's like make a point here. Um, someone who intends to run an autocracy um, and then doesn't ensure the complete loyalty of cops in the military... Hmm. 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 Raising some questions here. Yeah, makes you think. Uh, but anyways, warrants out for his arrest. A coup is basically a coup is entirely underway, and Morales uh, has uh, accepted asylum in Mexico as uh, in the recent days. Uh, and as recently as yesterday, uh, Morales, as well as the the governments of Mexico, Cuba, Nicaragua, and the part of the because I. Um, the the Venezuelan government is still in dispute over who is the president, but the Nicolas Maduro side uh, is uh, is there. All those people are calling it a coup. Wait, you're saying Juan Guaido doesn't say it's a coup? No, surprisingly. Wow, isn't that funny, huh? Yeah, weird. Um, one of the people involved in the coup, Senator uh, Janine Añez Chavez, uh, declared herself president yesterday. She just kind of said, "I am president," and there weren't like. That people were kind of like busy dealing with like the coup, and so no one was there to say like, "Hey, no," and like the like per the official laws, like her her declaring herself like president in absence of the uh, uh, the affirming vote is she's not officially president, but she's still like calling herself that. Yeah, and this woman it's within has, the it's within their charter yeah. for her to do that, which is yeah. sure, why not? 
Yep, this woman has a really, really like a disgusting history uh, on Twitter and elsewhere of being like extremely racist, uh, extremely anti-indigenous people, and of course just being like a straight up Christian fascist. Yeah. Like brought a Bible into the into yep. the and then oh. and was just like we this Bible will not leave this building we will follow Christian law here and yeah, it's, you, know, uh, you saw what they did with, you saw what they did with the Bible though right not um, I can't recall off the top they what they did with the Bible is that they 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 laid out an indigenous a flag of the indigenous folks of Bolivia and put the Bible over it oh cool that's good yeah. You love and it. yeah, so I'm I'm just waiting for all the fucking lib takes about her being like a female leader, despite the fact that she's like you know white, hates indigenous people, and is like explicitly going for like a Christian theocracy. Yep. It's, oh, I hear, I hear, it's I hear, really I hear, bad. I hear the girls weaken. The girls are indeed weaken because I heard they heard me say girl power and they thought I was talking to them. <laughs> To be uh, fair, they have significant girl power. Now, question for you. Were Stephanie's guinea pigs exercising girl power when they took a dump in her... I don't know. I'm trying to make an Eric Andre joke here. Yeah, but no, I, I heard what girls, you were going for. The girls haven't committed any war crimes. I don't want to... No, no, they haven't, they haven't sent uh, paramilitary squads into Northern Ireland, which is the other half of that joke. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but... Um, yeah, no, it's it's really frustrating, and like there are plenty of legitimate criticisms of uh, of Morales's government. Uh, I read some articles that were from left groups in like that were originally Spanish and translated about the fact that he kind of uh, made use of a lot of labor groups for his rise to power, and of course has done things for labor groups in government, but at the same time has primarily just made sure those forces are loyal to him. Mm-hmm. And there are questions about his governance otherwise that are probably a little above our head for discussion. Sure. Uh, but the, the the long and short of it is, if you don't like a government, then the mechanisms by which you're supposed to overdo that are by elections. And he was explicitly calling for another one. Uh-huh. And of course, um, uh, the, the new president, Chavez, has said that they are going to do elections within 60 days, but that... Uh, that um, fucking Morales's party shouldn't be able to run. Which is ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, isn't that great? Isn't that convenient? Um, oh, and that also the wind out of me. Holy shit! Even then, like um, the whole thing with with um, another thing with Morales is that he was uh, trying to put through a constitutional amendment to abolish term limits, and then they put it to referendum, and the people said they should keep term limits, and he kind of just said fuck that. Um, which probably, in uh, in retrospect, a really bad move if you don't want to seem like an autocrat. Yeah. Like, that's that's where you, you know, groom someone else in your party for taking over and not trying to retain perpetual government. But his party should still be able to run. Yeah, this is true. Anyway, I can't wait to get yelled at on Twitter about these takes, so let's yeah. move on. Yeah, I'm sure I've been wrong. I'm sure I've been very wrong at some point. Uh, like, honestly, feel free to engage us. Like, yes, please. Uh, feel feel free to engage us. Um, pri- I- ideally in our Discord channel because it's a lot better of an environment for talking than Twitter. Um, just because I want more takes on this. I want to have more information on this. I yeah, just wanted to try to I, get like a like a quick summary of events out there uh-huh. and like the fact that the CIA is probably involved in this. Yeah, is uh, cannot be understated. 
Yeah, I, uh, one, th this is an extremely small silver lining, but I, I feel like an extremely small, like, I don't know, not, a, it didn't, this, it didn't come from it, but I think I'm noticing at least, is that I feel like the more of these that happen, at least in my lifetime, the, the more, like, aware online has become of them, and the more, like, widespread they become. Like, compare the reaction you've seen online to this, to the reaction that you saw, uh, specifically the reaction that you saw online in, like, the U.S. and Canada, people, compared to that reaction from those same people uh, from the Brazil thing last year at Bolsonaro. Like, I feel like I am seeing just, like, so much more information about this one. Yeah, I mean, Bolsonaro was... I mean... By all accounts, he was legitimately elected, but they also did very much jail his political opponent and prevent him from running. But yeah, <laughs> you know, fun stuff. He oh, that, I, I, we have not mentioned that Lula has been freed. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fucking Lula has been freed. He is not in prison anymore because surprise, surprise, most of most, if not all of the charges against him were bogus and were pretty much manufactured to allow Jair Bolsonaro's rise to presidency. So uh, isn't that a fun thing? It's a fun thing. It's a fun thing. Um, just I. And one thing that's also uh, that's also neat in that uh, in that regard is that like Bernie Sanders, AOC, Ilhan Omar, and several members of, but explicitly not the leadership of the uh, New Democratic Party in Canada, have been uh, talking about this. Uh, there has not been a statement from Jagmeet Singh yet, which is really disappointing. Really solidifies that the NDP is kind of a dog shit party, and that the left deserves better in Canada. Oh, jumping back to Bolivia real quick. Did you see that thing that uh, some audio logs have tra have surfaced that like link uh, Marco Rubio to the fucking the coup in Bolivia? Yeah, Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. Like, and how, Ted Cruz. Were, how exactly were they caught? I don't remember exactly what, what what it was. The Radio Education Network of Bolivia leaked 16 audios involving opposition leaders who are calling for a coup d'état against the government of President Evo Morales, a political action which would have been coordinated from the U.S. Embassy in the Andean country. And among those mentioned in the audios are U.S. Senators Marco Rubio, Bob Menendez, and Ta Ted Cruz. So, I don't think they were not on, they were not heard, but their names were mentioned. Yeah, which, like, those names all track for me. Especially yeah, Marco Rubio, so. he's like the regime regime change, like, he's oh, the no. regime change minister of the Trump government. No, but we have to love Marco Rubio. He epically helped stop Blizzard and from hearthstoning. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure I'll hate it if I do. You don't remember that thing from the where when Blizzard banned that Hearthstone player for his pro Hong Kong sentiment, and then AOC and Marco Rubio both signed like a thing to Blizzard from the House of Representatives saying. Hey, I do remember this now. I just tried to forget it because it was stupid. Yeah. I try to just take bad things and just remove them from my brain as quickly as possible. That's why I podcast. That's why we podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I'm 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 mostly going to wait for that story to develop. Because the opposition in Bolivia has not even said anything about it. Because mm -hmm. um, obviously that's not really a great look for them. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, like, we'll probably have updates on that in the future. But again, like, we are not the best source for this. I no. say this about all news, really. We, yeah, well, there's some news we're the best source for. The next, yeah. the next thing is, is also not it. Because uh, there's uh, some very public impeachment hearings happening now. Which, oh goody! Nothing really of note came out today. I kept a pretty, I kept a pretty tight eye on the news uh, as it was rolling out. But um, there's like every third thing that came out of those two dudes' mouth. Like CNN was really quick to uh, label like bombshell, huge thing. So like 
I'm going to check back on all that stuff in like a week and see how much of it is still being conversed and how much of it is we moved on to the next 15 bombshells. I, I, I really do love, uh, not very important, but it's very funny, the GOP lawyer could only get Bill Taylor to say it's not as outlandish as it could be, R.E. Giuliani's diplomacy when conversing with Ukraine diplomats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, you see, did you see the clip of this? Did you see the clip of this? I did not. The what cl- the fuck did Giuliani do now? <laughs> I don't, no, no, it was just like, it wasn't in response to anything in particular. This guy was just like, so would you say that Mr. Giuliani's conduct was... As out, you said it was outlandish. Would you say it was as outlandish as it could be? And then the guy, uh, uh, Bill Taylor, just kind of smirks. Is like, yeah, yeah. I guess it's not as outlandish as it could be. Good Christ! <laughs> Which is like, I ask you how I, I break my arm, and I ask you, hey, how bad is my arm broken? And you say it's not as broken as it could be. Yeah, that's. Ugh. Everything is so fucking stupid, dude. It's not as fucking stupid as it could be. Isn't it, though? Dry smirk. I feel like it does get stupider every day. You're right. <laughs> it really does. It somehow... It, it's like... Do you remember that part in the Simpsons movie where Homer pulls that thing out of his wallet and, like, unfolds it 12 times and it becomes, like, the map of Alaska? Yes. Uh, this is, like, it's just like that, but never it never opens to the map, to the map of Alaska and we're all just dumb as fuck. Yeah. That sounds about right. And just like in the Simpsons movie, the environmentalists are the enemy. Yay. Man. Uh, Stephen Miller outed for white supremacist emails. This is, yeah, yeah very much a no-duh. Yeah. That's, like, it's just, like, this is someone who, like, has really tight, this is someone who has, like, had tight ties, who was, re- I, I can't remember if it was known or if it was just, like, uh, or if this revealed it, but this guy's, got, like, got ties to Breitbart and stuff, and also, like, he was tr- uh, on, the ca- on the campaign trail with Trump, and he's one of the few people who's managed to not get shit-canned when the president just is, like, just, like, throws a dart at a wall and hits someone's name and... Yeah, I was very surprised to find out that he was still around. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're just, like, a bunch of emails leaked. And, like, I've, I've read some of the... Con- I've read some of the snipped contents that were posted on, uh... uh I think it was HuffPo that I read the article on. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but it's... It's, like, some... It's some shit. It is some fucking shit. Yeah, and he was, like, asking them to make editorial decisions on his behalf. Which, like, that's a that's a level of, like, ballsiness that yep. you only have in a very close relationship. Yep. Um, let's see. Oh, Matt, Matt, we missed a holiday. Oh, we did miss a holiday, didn't we? Yeah, Monday was Veterans Day, so we have to, we, we have to honor the troops. <sighs> see, here, it was, here think, it was Remembrance Day, which is functionally the same thing. I think, I think I have just the right thing. To put in the to say to say to celebrate the troops. Okay. okay. By which I mean, by which I mean, I am cribbing from. Was it Sam who posted it? Sam did indeed post it. Yeah. Hold on. I'm gonna scroll back up and find. I'm gonna scroll up and find it. Stupid thing. So there, uh, Sam of the show Canning uh, found was in the mall and found, posted a picture to our Discord of a quote fallen soldier table to honor our fallen soldiers. Uh, put up by Panera Bread as a display table to to honor the veterans. And I'm going to read you the text of this, and I need you to stop me when you stop believing, uh, ex- when you stop believing any of the symbolism here. Got it. Just say stop whenever you stop believing me. The tablecloth is white, symbolizing the purity of their motives when answering the call of duty. 
The table is small, with a setting for just one person, reflecting the vulnerability of one prisoner against his enemy. The single rose, displayed in a vase, reminds us of the life of each of our fallen comrades and the loved ones and friends of these comrades who keep the faith. Slight note, there were two roses in the vase, but mm -hmm. whatever. The vase is tied with a yellow ribbon, representing the loyalty and waiting for those who are surfing away from home. The candle on the table represents the light in our hearts that accompanies the hope that they will one day find their way home. The slice of lemon on the bread plate is to remind us of the bitter fate of those who will never return. The famous flavor of lemon, which is bitter. <laughs> oh, you can probably hear it in my voice, but I was trying really hard not to laugh at that. <laughs> like lemon, which is famously fucking bitter. We, we all stand the famous bitterness of a lemon. The salt. There's no other fucking flavors that come to mind when the, thinking of lemon. The salt represents tears shed for the soldier who is missed. The, the salt represents inverted. the fucking tequila shot you take with the lemon wedge. <laughs> <laughs> the glass is inverted because they cannot toast with us at this time. The chair is empty because they are not here with us. How many of these were just, this is this because they're not here? That was most of them. I feel like they just needed to make the table look as busy as possible. Yeah. So this was kind of this was kind of this was kind of crappy. So um, the thing that really gets me is the the tablecloth is white, symbolizing the purity of their motives. I like um, the version of it that Alex Leafcrunch made for yes, us. Yes, um, yes, yes. The, ta the tablecloth is white, symbolizing how most of them died virgins. <laughs> Uh, the table is small, symbolizing how we didn't really want to take up too much room on the floor. We are a business, after all. <laughs> the rose, symbolizing social democracy, which whips. <laughs> the slice of lemon, representing the citrus industry, which, to be fair, the American empire has gone to war for before. Yeah. The salt. The salt representing salt. Damn. Really makes you think. But lastly, but yeah. watch out out there. The empty chair is symbolizing what if a ghost was eating here? Ah, ah happy Halloween. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway, um, I got really frustrated this this uh, this um, this uh, Remembrance Day because there was a big dust up in Canada relating to Remembrance Day as well. Um, famous hockey racist Don Cherry got <laughs> shit canned from. <laughs> Look, that's what he is. Can you just make the title of this episode Famous Hockey Racist? I mean, we can, even though it's going to be a very short segment. I know, but it's really funny. But, like, he's on the record, like, shitting on immigrants and so, shitting on indigenous people, like, very consistently over the years. And this year... Who is Don Cherry for... Like, what, who is... Do you have, like, a U.S. point of reference for who he is out of, out of curiosity? Um... Okay, what he does is he is commentary. Him and Ron McLean do commentary between periods of hockey games. Okay, so, so he's Dan like, Marino. He's Dan Marino yeah. and all the other guys on Dan Marino's show. Yeah, basically. So his, but like he was... Um, but, like, fused into one old fuck who's extremely racist. Like, so old. Um, <laughs> he's, like, 100 million years old. He used to play and also coach in the NHL. And his shtick is more or less that he is like your loud racist uncle, except you have to see him multiple times a night instead of just like once a year. And he wears a different suit on every episode of the show and never reuses a suit. So this is him. This is the kind okay. of person he is. I hate him. Like, I, like, I, like, if you just told me that about him and then, like, 
Oh no! Wait, wait! Him. Listen to him talk for even a second. You'll hate him even more. Okay, like hold on. Let, me, let, me just, let me just pull up Don Cherry funny Don Cherry funny moments. I'll let you do that. I'm just gonna like kind of bloviate for a second. He is like um like a mainstay of hockey, and like I watched a lot of hockey growing up. I'm a fucking Canadian, and my parents love hockey, and we will watch large games. We'll usually watch the playoffs. We'll usually watch Olympic hockey. The women's hockey team of Canada is better than the men's hockey team, and are more fun to watch, and. Like, he makes me not want to watch it. Like, he, it sucks to see him so bad that we just plan your bathroom breaks around him. He like seem, he, he's, okay, I just watched the clip, and he seems like Vince McMahon fucked, like, a less successful, ra- like, alt, like right-wing radio broadcaster, like, like, like a Glenn Beck. Like, if, like, if Vince McMahon and Glenn Beck had a love child, that, that would be Don Cherry. <laughs> That, and he also looks more like Vince McMahon's otter fursona than Vince McMahon's otter fursona already looks. <laughs> I don't like thinking about Vince McMahon's McMahon It's really bad. Persona. So the long short of it is that he was like, he, he prefaced his statement by saying, you people who come here for our milk and honey and don't wear your poppies on Remembrance Day. So he's, he's really big on the troops. Um... And this has, like, always been his shtick, but he explicitly framed it, you people coming here. And so was basically calling out uh, immigrants for not being patriotic and, like, jingoist enough. Because, like, the poppy in both Canada and the United Kingdom has been, like, a kind of declining symbol because it has been more or less co-opted by jingoism. Whereas, yeah. like, the original purpose of the poppy is to say what a huge fucking waste of time and lives World War I was. Because it yeah. was. It was a fucking useless war that literal family members were waging with each other because most of the royal families of, of, uh, of Europe were related to each other around that war. Like, it was the most bullshit of all time. And, like, we don't... No one fights wars for anything even resembling a moral reason anymore. It's all for capital interest. And I pissed off a lot of my family saying this out loud uh, in a thread about John Terry, Don Cherry's firing. So, you know. Hell yeah. We don't like the military around these parts, folks. Listen, you, you didn't get a chance to piss off enough people at... at, at, at wait, has Canadian Thanksgiving happened already? Canadian Thanksgiving has indeed happened, and I did not piss off anyone at Canadian Thanksgiving Yeah, so you're, you're, paying your div- you're paying your dues. Yeah, it's like co-opting it for the force of, of like a force of jingoism. Like you know, veterans all get like free public transit on uh, on Remembrance Day, and it's like, okay, if you're a World War II veteran, sure, you were drafted into that war. If you chose to fought, fight in Afghanistan, go fuck yourself. Why are you even here? Yeah. Like it's so fucking stupid. The the war was on such flimsy pretenses, and it's bullshit that yeah. anyone that's voluntarily fighting in these wars of capital should be honored in any way, let alone in, like, several ways with an entire day dedicated to it. Yeah, I, I don't know how strong the... Uh, I, I agree with what you said there for the most part. I just... I don't know how strong the school-to-military pipeline is in Canada. Less, but okay. still prom- but still but still a, a functioning thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't... I'm not trying to sound like I'm making excuses for people who walked off to war of their own volition or anything. Just propaganda. Propaganda is a hell of a drug. Yeah, it really is. I, I feel like a lot of the people who go to school, to go to the military for that reasons are kind of less proud of it. Yeah, like it's like it's like the military families that are always the ones that are super proud of it. Who are like, it's a general, and then the kid enlists the second he turns eighteen. And it's like I don't fucking care about these people. No, 
No, I don't give. I don't give a shit about. I don't give a shit about them at all. Yeah. Uh, speaking. Feel about, free to yell about me on the Twitter about this one because that is a place I am perfectly comfortable yelling about. This. Okay, so green lives don't matter. How do who about blue lives? They also do not matter. What about one blue life? Which blue life are you being particular about here? There is one blue life who I think matters to you, me, and everyone listening to this podcast, and that blue life is Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. We got a new Sonic, folks. He's new. People are still convinced that this was like a psyop from the beginning. I and that they put out believe those people. They put out a fake design on purpose and made merchandise for that fake design just so they can delay the movie and make all the workers redo the design. Like there, there's this there's this animator I follow. He's done like stuff on like uh, OKKO and a bunch of other stuff. His uh, his Twitter handle is uh, GetVent, and he tweeted the other day that was like, "Hey, um, I know some people were worried about this, but I spoke with one of my friends who I'm not gonna name because he doesn't want to blow up his sources, obviously, and they said that there was no real crunch on the so- on the remaking of that Sonic stuff. Like it was pretty okay." But, um, and then, like, his replies were flooded with people, like, post the source, or post out your source, or it's not legitimate. Yeah, like, famously, the thing that you want to do with your sources is out them indiscriminately. Yeah. It is really funny that people think that that is how you're supposed to treat sources. Yeah, Or it's not legitimate. That is, that is a fucking psyop. Listen, That is a CIA psyop. Matt, it's not a psyop if they're just doing it out in the open now. Like, every single day, the GOP is calling for the whistleblowers, like, dead or alive wanted poster to be printed out and splayed all over town. I guess propaganda is probably a more adequate um, explanation of that. I just like the word psyop. I misuse it all the time. It's true. That was me with apocryphal for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's... I'm glad that they weren't crunched to make this. It's stupid that they kind of, that they had to, because clearly the original design was just like, you know, executives and focus testing and not understanding the source material, because I don't see how you could take a single look at Sonic fandom and think that that design was a good idea. And it's not hard to look at Sonic fandom. They're fucking everywhere. I mean, you say that, but like every other video game movie ever... Except for Detective point. Pikachu, which looks Ex- good as hell. Except for Detective Pikachu, yes, I agree. But hey, the, um, the Pikachu is so fluffy. Man, Ugh. he's so fluffy, Sarah. He is. He is. I love him a lot. I love Detective Pikachu. He's a friend and he's a boy. He's a friend and boy. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say something else, but I don't really remember what it was. It's not that important then. But yeah, um, I guess just shout out to the labor on that movie for yeah. I, well, either, either shout out to the labor on the movie for managing to hold your position on, like, you know, not being crunched for the effects of this movie, because the release date didn't have to move again, uh, which is really good for the for the studio. Right. Um, but also, I would say, I guess, shout out to the studio if you didn't have to crunch to do this. Yeah, Cause, like that's Because I think a, a large problem, this comes up in the Game Freak stuff as well, is that crunch only happens as a failure of management. That's it. <laughs> It's a failure of, of allocating resources. It's a failure of considering those resources when setting release dates. It's a failure to avoid moving release dates just to, you know, for some manner, manner of investor gain. It's yeah, just a multiple levels failure on the point of management, and it's rarely, if ever, the fault of labor. The end of March is the most important time. It's, it's just so, like, ugh. Like... You can tell how confident someone is in their release date. Like, 
if someone's putting if someone puts their games if if a large company puts their release date like it in or around March like let's say in let's say before the end of March like if in March what am I why am I saying so many words to say the words in March yeah if if a company if a company is is scheduling their release for March they have got that they have got it down path that they're getting that release date because if they're if they don't if they miss that release date by a month they are in the new fiscal year and it looks like yeah. the fourth quarter of their last year fucking sucks shit and is not a worthwhile investment anymore yeah exactly and it's just so stupid to think about things that way but that's capitalism baby yep it's why you have doom eternal and animal crossing coming out on the same day that's gonna be a big day for the nintendo switch yep those games were both pushed back as far as they possibly could without betraying either uh bethesda or uh nintendo's fiscal year Mm-hmm. Uh, one more tiny shout out before we're closing out the show um it was i believe a it was either Los Angeles or San Francisco, somewhere in California, uh, painted a giant mural on a wall of Greta Thunberg. She loves Why it. would you do this? <laughs> like, Greta Thunberg has said explicitly that she doesn't want this movement to be about her. She wants it to be about effecting positive change. And you spend literal thousands of dollars on labor and paint to put up a mural of her face that is possibly one of the most unflattering murals I've ever seen in my life. Like, is this... Why would you do this? this? Is this one a PSYOP? Is this a PSYOP? This is not a a useful use of your time or energy. Like, this is just fundamentally misunderstanding what the problem here is. Especially if you used an aerosol based paint anywhere on that mural. He would have caused a complete negative environmental effect putting the mural up, regardless of whether or not it was aerosol. But if it was aerosol? Hello? Gamers? Okay, wait, wait, sorry. I know we said that's our last story, but I have one more story that I need you to... Got it, got it. Let's go. Let's run it. Let's run it. All right, hold on. So, Donald Trump Jr. has a new book out. Oh, goody. The Donald Trump Jr. book. Can you guess what it's called? What is it called, Matt? It's called Triggered. Wow, we should get this man a Netflix special immediately. He should get a Netflix special the right photo, The photo of him is so stupid because it's him holding up his book, yelling. He's wearing sunglasses, he's wearing a hat, and then over that hat, he's wearing a giant foam Make America Great Again hat. It is so stupid. Oh my god. Do you, are you bringing this up because you have an excerpt to read? No, I don't. I'm not going to read any of that fucking vitriol. It's real oh fucking god. bad. Let me just tell you that much. But... But Trump Jr. went to University of California, uh, their, specifically their Los Angeles campus, uh, and they. It, this is a very liberal campus, but the his the MAGA heads were really mad that he was not doing a Q and A. That that Trump Jr. was not doing a Q and A. And so they were, like, yelling about it and not letting him talk. And so as a result, he walked out of his own book. He walked out of his own fucking thing. Oh, good. <laughs> he walked out of his own book launch for a book called Triggered because he didn't like it. He didn't like his fans yelling at him. And it's, it's particularly funny that it was his fans yelling at him because, like, leftist organizing to get, like, shitty right-wingers off of campus is a big thing that the right is consistently mad about, but I feel like they just didn't bother to show up at this because it's Donald Trump Jr., and it's just... It's just the low-hanging fruit. It's just... It's just going up to someone and kicking them. 
Yep. He's just the most useless fail son of all time. He is the prototypical definitional fail son. Like, he is possibly just one of the most abject failures of a human being, most divorced man of all time. And yet, they just, like, they don't take this easy fruit because it's just too easy. Yeah. Anyways, you want to get the Lightbringers? Let's get into some Lightbringers. My Lightbringer this week is going to be, um, I watched the prequels for the first time. How'd you like them? they're good. I like them. I like them a whole hell of a lot. I think they definitely occupy. Like, I still haven't seen Rogue One and Solo, but currently the tri- the the prequels do occupy like the bottom four of my movies right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my bottom four of my Star Wars, but like, I mean, Episode Two was probably the worst one, but it wasn't that bad. Like by a pretty wide, it, it, like it wasn't by a wide margin that these are that these are worse than the rest in my opinion. Yeah. I think that they're really good. I think they're really fun. And I think that a lot of the things that people yell at for that, that, like a lot of the things that people point out do not like, they just do not ascribe enough intelligence to the script writers. Like the, the line only a Sith deals in absolutes. I feel like is pointed to as like, uh, uh d- um, actually dummy use an absolute, like a- as though like the script writers didn't know exactly what that line was when they wrote it. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. It's a clear foreshadowing moment. Yeah. The thing is, the thing about the prequels that pisses off people the most is the stupidest part, which is the inclusion of midichlorians. Yeah. It's like, let's take all mysticism out of this because George Lucas became an epic atheist between the original trilogy and now. Yeah. And also, he doesn't have his then wife on the writer's room anymore to tell him no when his ideas are bad. I just don't give a shit about midichlorians. Like, I just don't... Like, in my head, I'm just like, wow, that's a cool... That's a cool It's like, it's very much a that's dumb and then you move on kind of moment. In in my head, that's just like a thing that they, like, they, they, like, told Qui-Gon Jinn and Anakin, like, as a joke to play a prank on him. God, that would be really funny if they actually actively, like, retconned that into the lore, that the whole thing was just, like, some ludicrous pseudoscience that turned out to just not be real at all. Yeah, that'd be pretty (laughs) That would be really fucking good. But yeah, uh, fucking the prequels. Watch all the watch all the Star Wars movies before the new one comes out. <laughs> when uh, watch them all on Disney Plus, which Don't, I will absolutely not be paying for. Did you see that they made a new uh, a new cut of the Han and Greedo scene? They sure did, and they also released <laughs> all of the they released all of the original Simpsons episodes in uh, a sixteen by nine crop that cuts visual gags out of the frame. Yep. Absolute dog shit. Don't spend money on this. Pirate yeah, all your media. Don't spend money on um, this. Okay, listen, hold on. You can use Disney use Disney Plus, but only if you have a free subscription for whatever reason. Or someone you know has it and you're using their password. Yeah, just fucking steal that shit. But even then, when you're done watching the thing you're doing, just cancel their subscription. Yeah, and then pirate everything you just watched. And then pirate everything. Um, you know how we talked about Pokemon at the opening of this episode? Uh, is your Lightbringer going to be Pokemon, potentially? It sure fucking is. There's a new Pokemon game coming out, and I'm fucking psyched. I don't care. All the haters can come at me for, like, you know, supporting lazy developers in their shortcuts. But, like, there's, like, 80-plus new monsters, and I want to play with them. I want to see the new monsters in their playing format, and I want to battle these monsters with each other. That's literally the only reason I'm here, and most of the problems people have are with things that aren't that. So, new Pokemon. I'm excited. I have so many new favorites which i'm not going to talk about on this podcast mostly because this is i have a pokemon podcast this one has pokemon in the title yeah this is basically a pokemon but i do have an actual pokemon podcast and also because some of them are not officially revealed and i'm i'm not one to spoil for people who don't want to be spoiled so 
Some Hear of me on Elite Full Restore, episode going up, probably before this one, honestly, because this one I actually have to edit. Yeah, fair. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode. We're going to move into cleanup now, I think, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, this has been Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Not a Threat, Just a Fact. If you like this podcast, you can check us out everywhere. HKIPGTD is where we are. That is us on Twitter. That is us on Tumblr. That is us on Gmail. That is us on Reddit. Thank you to Reddit user Bisexual Punch Party for setting up reddit.com slash r slash HKIPGTD. And that is also us on Patreon. $1 a month gets you bonus access to any pre-show, post-show, mid-show bonus content, uh, cut for times, extended light bringers, all that good stuff goes right up on our patreon for any and all of our patrons five bucks a month get your name right on the podcast and a special user status in the role it special user status in the discord 10 bucks a month gets you all that shit but an even better user role and you can also listen to the podcast live while we record it uh so thank you very much to hmm burgermeister stephanie ruff pregnant seinfeld david besser alex schaup six on sweater win bryce a sexual fish tank ashy new alex hoot Maximilian Rower, Tufster McGee, Bryant, Nick Clarkson, Cadejo, Flo Siegel, Destryhawk, Pierre the Disaster, The Tallest Jew, Michael Weems, Non-Binary with Left Beef, Summer Geist, Dijonese, Chaz Goblin, and Paul Blart Fleshcart. We do love our Paul Blart Fleshcart here. We do love Paul Blart Fleshcart. Um, if you want... To, oh, yeah, thank you to the taxpayers for the use of our intro song, uh, Evil Man, off the album Cold Hearted Town. It slaps. Thank you to Matt GameCube for... Hey, me. For Noisespace.xyz, hosting this and a bunch of other really good podcasts. This week, I'm gonna recommend... I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend Elite Full Restore. So you can hey, that's me. Matt. Yeah, listen to Matt's good episode that I'm sure is already up by now, by the time you're hearing this. And if not, like, that podcast was inactive for the entire length of this podcast, but I do have two episodes up since. Hey. So there are two There are two episodes, one with a uh, friend of the show, John Michonsky from Video Game Choo Choo, and the second with Twitch, the creative director of Pokemon Uranium. Hell yeah. And I have some uh, pretty, pretty cool guests lined up for some future ones as well. Uh, the Roundtable is going to have uh, a couple of friends of Noise Space as well, so definitely check that out. Yeah. Speaking of Noise Space podcast, you can also check out some of the other ones I do, such as Fear Baiting, which is a horror movie podcast, and uh, The Wonder Years, which is an Animorphs podcast I do with my friends Blair and Seda. Uh, if you want to find me individually, I'm on Twitter, SunHatGenya, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. I'm Matt. You can find me on Twitter at MattGCN. That's it. Don't look for me anywhere else. And you know, as we always say... Memento Pokemori. Memento Pokemori. Pokemori.